Hello and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And it was a crazy week as glued to our TV screens. We are astounded to see both undefeated teams entering the week obtain a loss, resulting in some possible perception changes for all four teams involved in those games. Also, we almost had a third major upset as the Giants came oh so close to beating the Bills in Buffalo, and that is where we will begin as the Bills defeated the Giants 14-9 to in a very defensive battle here. What are your thoughts from this game? Yeah, as a Bills fan, and as, as general football watching too, like I feel like my perception has started to change about Buffalo off of this game and building off the last in Jacksonville. I mean, just going off of that, I was fine to just write off the Jacksonville game just as kind of a weird one, being London and all all that happened with that and the losses defensively. But this one, I feel like there was no excuses for their offensive performance in this one. Yeah, I agree. And it continues the lack of playmakers besides Stefan Diggs in that receiving core. As you saw him with far and above um, stats, uh, for the other receivers, Diggs with 10 catches, 100 yards. Next best was Davis with three catches, 21 yards. And this Bills offense struggling to produce when Josh Allen isn't Superman. I mean, when he, there's going to be games, just like when every quarterback has a game where they're not up to their best. And the question is, can the Bills pull out a, a win against a good team when that, when that happens, when Josh Allen isn't Superman? And so far, I think the, the answer is unknown. You know, it's jury's still out. I think they certainly can be, and they should be. I think with the weapons they had, should be enough to, but for some reason, things just haven't seemed to fall into place for Buffalo. I mean, this is a game where they should have rolled. And honestly, I feel like I would have a hard time keeping them in the heavyweight tier after these last couple of weeks, <laughs> really. Yes, I would agree with that. And just thinking on my tiers, I think they're definitely in danger of dropping out of that. And you look at... I mean, they're they're 27th in rush yards against for this year, and they're 31st in yards per carry against them, which is absolutely astounding. I mean, they really need to fix that on on the run defense. It's not going to get any easier with Matt Milano being out. So you have to find some solutions pretty fast. I mean, not to mention Daquan Jones either, who was their best run stopper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, so this is going to be a, a, an uphill challenge. I mean, things may be more challenging than we originally thought for Buffalo with their defensive losses. It could be harder to overcome. They're really going to have to lean a lot on this offense, and hopefully that's something that comes back around because I think they do boast one of the top offenses in the sport, but they really still need to bring some pieces together to make it work. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're overreacting a little bit because, you know, we're in Buffalo and we kind of feel the emotions more, but, I mean, I don't really think so. If you look at what we always, what I always say at least, when you lose a game, how do you respond to that, right? How do you come out? when you lose a bad game. So the Bills, you know, losing in Jacksonville, how do you respond? I wanted to see them blow out the Giants, especially who are on their backup quarterback. But the Giants outplayed them in almost every category. I mean, they had more total yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards. They won the turnover battle 2-0, to zero, and they had more time of possession. Now, the fact that the Bills won maybe is an encouraging sign that, hey, even though we don't play our best, we can still pull out a win. But for me, it's like you got to start taking your opponents more seriously. Like, it's for me, a lot, it's not about – if you won or lost, it's about how that happened. Yeah. And a lot of ways it felt like they shouldn't have won this game. Right. I feel like the Giants kind of handed it to them. Yeah. And when they were on the one-yard line there to end the game, 
it felt like it was over for me. Like, it felt like that was going to happen. I'm like, I remember sitting there watching that game being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Bills are actually going to lose this one. Mm-hmm. And somehow came out alive. Yeah, it really felt like the Giants, this was the Giants game, and they lost it. The Bills didn't even win it. They just, the Giants lost this, this game. And that's really not what you would typically say for a heavyweight contender here. So while I'm certainly not bailing on the Bills for this year, I, I definitely think they have some some soul searching to do in these next few weeks. Yeah, the offense definitely needs to step it up, and they're going to have a good chance to do that versus New England next week. Yeah, yeah, and you got to be careful with Miami, who is uh, already ahead of you, although they do have the tiebreaker. But also watch out for the New York Jets, who had a really surprising upset, maybe the most surprising of the week, in beating the Philadelphia Eagles here, twenty to fourteen. This was a game where they forced a ton of ton- turnovers here forcing uh, four turnovers on the Eagles. And although they were behind in most statistical categories, all of them really, besides rushing yards, they were still able to pull out a win because Zach Wilson took care of the football and he made plays when he needed to. What are your thoughts on kind of the Jets' outlook and the Eagles' outlook after this game? Yeah, For me on the Jets, I, I think they're still around kind of where I thought they would be this last couple of weeks, like how I placed them in the quarterly tiers for the first quarter of the year, where I felt like they could be French contenders. And I feel like you really pushed me on that that week. And I feel like this is the kind of game that I thought I would see from the Jets, where they're gonna be their defense is going to be that good. And if they're able to take care of the ball enough, and they could steal some games like this. Now, maybe this one may be a little bit more of an overstatement than what I was imagining, but... I think this Jets team could be a lot similar to how it was last year, where their defense is going to be that good, where they're going to be in a lot of games and maybe steal a few. Mm-hmm. And I originally wasn't completely sold on the defense just because that he like that atrocious blowout with Dallas, but now I do see and I do believe this defense is every bit as good as they were last year, maybe even better, which is saying something. But that being said, with Zach Wilson at the helm, I really don't see them as legitimate playoff contenders. The Really, the question for me is, and I know it's crazy, can they just stay at 500 until you're praying that Rodgers comes back and is you know, even a, a decent quarterback when he does so? But without that, without the hope of Rodgers coming back, I just don't see this team being able to really be a threat in the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think they could contend for the playoffs, like be sniffing around on the wild card for a long time, but even if they do make it in, they're not really a threat. Yes, yes, I would agree. And then transitioning to the Eagles for that, like I, I said last week I'm, that I was going to apologize for being low on the Eagles, as some people were. As they, I felt like they came back around a little bit. But then they have a little bit of a stinker here versus the Jets that maybe actually was more placed on turnovers really than anything else as they did outgain the Jets by 100 yards offensively. Yeah, and you look at Jalen Hurts, and his kind of big thing last year was really taking care of the football and not turning it over. And this year, he's tied for most interceptions in the league with seven. And he really just, I don't know, this game it just looked like he was trying to do way too much, which the Jets' defense will do that to you if they are able to completely stop the run, in which they completely dominated the line of scrimmage here, holding the top Eagles running back, which was Swift, to only 18 yards on the ground at 10 carries. And it forced Jalen Hurst to try and be the guy. And he just was not able to do it. And that's something that maybe is something to keep an eye on, is when he's under duress, is he a guy that can take the team on his back? And I think we all thought we were ready to say that he was after that Super Bowl performance. But maybe he, you know he's not quite the guy we thought he is. 
I do think he's extremely talented, but I think there is a path to be able to get him off his game. If you recall from a few weeks back, I read a stat, and I think last year it was one that was quite similar, that when Jalen Hurts has a clean pocket, he has an absolutely insane like completion percentage, passer rating, all of those stats, but when he is pressured, he is not good at all. Like He yeah. is like one of the worst passer rating and completion percentage when he is pressured. Which is crazy from a mobile quarterback. I know that's similar stat to what I saw from Jared Goff, especially last year. When he has a clean pocket, he's a very efficient quarterback. He can really make those checkdowns and those big throws. But when the pocket collapses as not a really a mobile guy, he really has nowhere to go and he's, he throws some wild throws. Usually with mobile quarterbacks, they kind of thrive outside the pocket. They're making plays with their legs. They're throwing you know, off script. But that is interesting to see that from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's something that he really needs to get better at for them to really be able to take that next step and win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I would agree. And from there, transitioning on to maybe the second biggest upset of the week, or maybe you could argue this one's even bigger, the Cleveland Browns beating the San Francisco 49ers 19-17 on the last-minute missed field goal from San Francisco. What are your takeaways from this game? I feel like there were a couple of takeaways from this game. Number one, Cleveland's defense is absolutely outstanding. It's one of the best in this league, probably the best in this league. And kind of when I talk about San Francisco, it seemed like they even got like more chances than they needed to win this game. And for the first time in his career and this season, you saw that Purdy couldn't come through. That offense was hobbled a lot with a lot of injuries going in, but they still weren't able to get it done despite getting seven chances in that second half. Yeah, I mean, I would agree Like with both those sentiments there. I mean, the Browns' defense is, I believe it is the best in the league, which is how they played in just absolute domination. You look at just any stats, and they'll be at the top. Um, and really just sh- shook Brock Purdy off his game. Although you have to keep in mind, you know, with McCaffrey going out and Debo going out, you know, that could, that would definitely put a wrench in your game plan. But with the way that the Browns were able to just kind of keep it going and always stay in the game, taking all the points that were given to them, not trying to do too much, just really smart game plan, I think, by Kevin Stefanski. i got to give him major props here. And for me, I'm not too surprised that the Browns were able to play this well. But for me, I'm definitely more on the side of being concerned for the 49ers. And when you look at Brock Purdy, he was a guy that I really liked. But the one time, this is really the only time we've seen him be shook like this and he was completely unable to do anything and ha- couldn't even get to the red zone at all in the second half yeah i mean reading off the net yards for all the drives in the second half they are zero minus 12 zero zero eight minus one and then 52 yeah in that's definitely not good enough i i'm not concerned about the 49ers i i feel like i have an opinion that's so highly of them that this didn't affect it playing the number one defense in the league for me that didn't affect it at all but what I did find to be an interesting stat was, uh, with their yardage this week, this was the least yards offense that the 49ers have ever had in the Shanahan era. Yeah, that's and that's insane because Shanahan has done a really good job. Now you look at like in the playoffs, if you play, I know they just destroyed Dallas, or if you play the the Eagles, could, could those defenses are good enough to maybe do what the Browns did here? Do you think that you know can Brock Purdy be that guy? I mean, I know maybe I'll give him some slack here because two of his guys went out during the game. But do you think he could be that guy that can lead a team down when things are not going their way? 
I think he can, and I think he did demonstrate that versus Dallas just last week that he could pick apart that defense. Right, but you know, in a situation where you know you're on the road, the crowd is yelling, you know, you're down by you know a touchdown, a field goal, and you need to step up to deliver that game and drive. Do you think he could do that in a hostile environment? Absolutely, I do think he does. I, I think he is capable of that. I, I would mark it down. But I think he could. Yeah, I would agree. You know, and I think that's despite what the media is saying, I think we're both kind of more advocates of him uh, than some other people are. And I had him going to the Super Bowl. I'd still feel confident in that. I mean, he just looks so incredibly poised. I mean, yes. that was my question about them was if we thought he could be the guy, and I think he's absolutely answered the questions that he is. Yes, I would agree. And just to give him a little bit even more slack, uh, although, look, it was a bad game by him, no doubt. But all quarterbacks do have bad games. This was against the best defense on the road in the rain. <laughs> with your two best playmakers getting hurt mid-game. So, yeah, you got to play better, but this is not devastating to my opinion of the 49ers at all. It's more of just a positive. Like What I take away from this game is great win for the Browns. They were the better team. Yeah. They were the better team. I think they kind of cemented themselves as midway contenders in my estimation with, you know, they next couple weeks, depending on what they do, they could make their way to the heavyweights. All right, and from there, we will transition to the NFL Clown of the Week for Week 7. Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. This week, our Clown of the Week, I wasn't able to pick just exactly a specific person, but a little bit more of a collection of people in general, and kind of for different reasons. So, this week in the Sunday Night Football game, as the clock was winding down in the first half, we had the the New York Giants on the one-yard line of Buffalo with 14 seconds to go, and the play call was audible at the line by Tyrod Taylor from a pass to a run. Now, with no timeouts, they ran the ball, get stuffed, and the clock ran out, and they were able to get no points in that. Just by Tyrod Taylor not having the sense to realize they have no timeouts, and if you run and you don't make it, you don't get another play. You don't get any points. I feel like that's just such a bad decision, and that's clown-worthy. But to make matters worse, I just think it was so clown-worthy what Dable did. For, number one, for that to be an option, for that to be an option play is just a terrible decision for that to be able to happen. And number two, for the way that Dable reacted to that as well, just visibly yelling, going insane, and even when he was asked about it in an interview going into that second half, saying that he was so mad he didn't even want to talk about it. I just feel like, New York Giants in total, you're the clown of the week! Yeah, completely agree, and for me, the last part is the biggest part. Bad things happen, bad calls are made, and that's still deserving of clownworthiness, but acting in that unprofessional manner is just completely childish. And for me, yeah, this is an absolute exclamation point on clown of the week. And now we introduce the news segment, Diamond in the Rough, in which we each pick a team that we believe in and that we have an opinion that differs from the national perspective of this team. So, Scott, what is your Diamond in the Rough? For me, my Diamond in the Rough is the Baltimore Ravens. Despite Baltimore having a decent win in London this week versus Tennessee, I think a lot of people are left questioning this team, especially after a really rough loss to Pittsburgh the week before. 
And for me, I believe in Baltimore a lot, and I have since the beginning of the year. There's a lot of polarization on Baltimore in general, a lot of people strong on both sides. And for me, I've been very strong in the fact that I like them a lot, and I picked them to win that division. And you're looking at them right now, there are or six overall in DVOA, if number two defensive DVOA, and the number one or number ten offense DVOA. I think that's a very good team. I mean, when I look at Baltimore, I think that is 100% a team that is capable of winning the Super Bowl this year. They just have installed a new offense with Todd Munkin, one that I raved about going into this offseason. I thought that was the best change that they could have done for that system. And I think it could take a few more weeks for them to really heat up, but I would not be surprised at all to see come like week 10 or so, the Ravens offense just absolutely heat up and just go on an absolute tangent going into the playoffs and people thinking about them really highly in the AFC as maybe even the top dog in the AFC when you get to the postseason and that's for me why Baltimore is my diamond in the rough yeah and I would love to uh, to criticize you for that diamond in the rough pick I'm going with the team that has similar questions and in the Dallas Cowboys so, the Cowboys are a team that we all know has an elite defense in this league. I mean, they force 13 turnovers so far, which is fourth in the NFL. They have 16 sacks. They're eighth in yards per game, third in yards per pass. And if you take out the 49ers game, all those stats look even better, top five and everything. And, you know, this is a Dallas team, which the defense it was great last year. It's even better this year. And they, we know they can blow out the bad teams. We know they can hang with almost anyone, but can they beat the good teams is really the only question. We're about to find out as they have some tough games coming down the road. I think they can. And Dak Prescott, we're seeing him play a little bit more free, and I think this is really the key to Dallas. Like We know the defense is good. We need to see Dak take this team on his back and perform the way that he did in his rookie year. And what he did in his rookie year was he tended to play a bit more free, a bit more out of the pocket, running around, using his legs. And that's something we really hadn't seen last year, and we didn't really see it this year. We saw it more in this last game with Dak running for a good amount of yards. So I do believe that the Cowboys, you know, they, they've been humbled, they've been humiliated, and the media, is, is they're always going to throw dirt on the Cowboys, being America's team. But I say keep pouring it on. Dig this Cowboys grave and watch and see what they do. I really believe in the Cowboys to win this division, and I think they will be back in the contender conversation sooner rather than later. All right. Well, as for you, as you die, I differ on that a bit. So we shall see who is right. Maybe both, maybe neither. Yes. But here on Mark My Words Football Podcast, we mark our words. Oh, dear. <laughs> and we'll bring them back, good or bad. Yes. And from there, we go into our picks for Week 7 of the NFL, and we begin with a quite intriguing matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints. And I say intriguing because Trevor Lawrence uh, left the game briefly for the Colts against the Colts with an injury, and he's questionable for this game. So who do you have winning this one? I have Jacksonville winning in this one. And I do as well. I really think it's time for Jacksonville to really push through and get themselves up on that heavyweight class, and I think they're going to. Yeah, a team that I really believed in to start the year, I thought they would certainly be a heavyweight contender and definitely under-exceeded expectations. But it feels like they have some momentum now with two good wins in a row. Three, really, if you count the Falcons, one, which I do. So I think they should roll against the Saints team, who has a formidable defense, but the Jags, if they're heavyweights, they will be up to this challenge. And, you know, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, that could certainly weigh into my pick. But I do believe that being the tough player he is, he will tough it out and play this game. 
And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Chicago Bears, who could possibly be without Justin Fields for this game. Who would you take? Yeah, we have both quarterbacks are doubtful for this one, and I have the Bears winning in this one. That's right, Jimmy Garoppolo out. Uh, I will have the Las Vegas Raiders taking this game. I just think they have more playmakers. You have Devontae Adams, you got Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby on the defensive end. I think they can wreak more havoc than the Bears can here, especially with the Bears running backs being out as well, and they them having to start, who is it, Roshan Johnson, I believe. Yeah, I, I do feel like I've seen some from the Bears. I feel like they've lost a couple of games that they really should have won where they gave some away at the end. I think they're just due. Yeah, it, it does seem also a little bit weird to have the Raiders sit at 4-3, and three, especially because I consider them to be a mediocre slash bottom feeder. But, I mean, sometimes that's just how things work out. And then you have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Indianapolis Colts, who will be rolling out Gardner Minshew for the remainder of the season as Anthony Richardson is out. So who do you have taking this matchup? I have the Browns winning in this one. And I do as well. Although I do feel like this could definitely be a trap game for the Browns. Yes. Because Colts are a very feisty team who they – I mean, they kind of got blown out against the Jaguars, even though they came back at the end. But uh, I definitely believe in this Colts team, and they're they're definitely certainly not a bottom feeder. And they're a feisty team that could really cause some problems for a team like the Browns, who coming off a really nice win against the 49ers may be flying a little too high. Right. And it seems like all the teams that have flown a little bit too high to the sun have gotten kind of shot down. I mean, you had the Niners just uh, shortly after their big win against the Cowboys get shut down. You had, you know, the Buffalo Bills get shut down. The Dolphins get shut down. So it feels like kind of the team that everyone's talking about kind of gets their comeuppance in the next week. Very good point out there. Good yeah, observance. Something, just something that I kind of noticed. seemed like all the teams that we were like, oh, look at this team, and then they lose. And, oh, look at this team, and then they lose. Just kind of a thought to, to head into this week here. Very interesting one. And then you have the Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots. So Patriots could not be lower, in my opinion, of them this year. Do you think that they can somehow turn things around? Absolutely not. (laughs) And I would agree with that as well. Yeah, the Bills, like we said it last week, let's say it again, perfect opportunity for a get-right game. You cannot mess this up. Yes. You cannot mess this up. Offense has got to look absolutely on fire this week. Yeah, I would be satisfied with nothing less than a blowout or at least a great offensive performance here against the Patriots. Absolutely. I mean, New England's offense has looked atrocious so far with Mac Jones being pulled into the last three games. So, yeah, I mean, still seeing a good defensive performance I think could be important. Like If you let New England kind of walk around and do what they want for part of this game, I'm going to come back and have that as a concern when they haven't versus anybody else. It's exactly. Like, literally nobody else except maybe the Jets, but even then. And, like, and, and Bill Belichick is out of Mac Jones. The whole locker room is out of Mac Jones. The whole league is out of Mac Jones. I mean, they're just setting the scene for justifying starting Bailey Zappi at this point. So this season is over. I mean, the Bills, I mean, you, if you can't beat this Patriots team, who are obviously tanking at this point, I mean, you're not going to – I mean. Like, you are going to be in the midway category if you lose this game. Right. Uh, and then you have the Washington Commanders taking on the New York Giants. And I initially thought about picking the Giants here after they showed some fight against the Bills, but I end up going with my guy Sam Howell and the Commanders. And that's right, Sam Howell is my guy at this point. Uh, I think I'm going to regret that. <laughs> but I'll be picking the Commanders as well. 
Yeah, I, I really like this Commanders team. I know they're kind of one of these teams that are hard to predict. Uh, a bit of a, kind of a weird uh, schedule with so far with how they played their games. But I just really like the juice they have. Their defense is really good, and they got great weapons here. So I will constrain myself from making any elaborate and uh, you know overconfident predictions about this team. But watch out for the Commanders. They they really I really think they have what it takes to possibly contend for you know, a playoff spot later in the year. And then you have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers getting shown up by the Lions last week. Do you think they respond? In, I, I don't know that they really respond much. I do have the Falcons winning in this one. Really? I'm quite surprised by that. I thought we were kind of both on the Baker train here. I mean, I am, but I find them to be in a similar tier. And a couple of weeks ago, what I saw from Atlanta, I feel like we could get that kind of performance again and Atlanta get a win in this one. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I do have to go with my guy Baker Mayfield. I think at the end of the day, they are similar, kind of in that same range. Um, but I do think Baker has that clutchness and that guy that you look to to make plays, whereas Desmond Ritter doesn't really install any confidence in me at all. So at home, this is a big test for the Bucks. How do you respond off that loss? So I do. I'm pulling for Baker all the way. Hopefully, they wear the, they wear those creamsicles again because I really like those jerseys. Yeah, not a fan myself. <laughs> oh, come on, they're nostalgic. Got to have one for the nostalgia there. Uh, and then you have the Detroit Lions taking on the Baltimore Ravens here. So Lions looking really good. Ravens upsetting my Titans, <laughs> upsetting in my opinion at least. Uh, who do you have winning this game? Uh, upsetting is a crazy term, but we're gonna ignore that for now. Uh, <laughs> I have the Lions winning in this one. <laughs> I also have the Lions taking this game. Yeah, the Lions, for me, have probably been my favorite watch of this season so far. They are just so incredibly good and so fun to watch. Yes, they are among the top teams in the NFL. I think they it's really time to consider them in the heavyweight conversation. They just look like a, a complete team on offense and defense. Really have that poise that you would expect from a more experienced team, even though they haven't even been in the playoffs at this iteration. Just very impressive stuff. I mean, don't look up now, but I mean, Top five in both offensive and defensive DVOA. Number yeah. two, number two ranked in total DVOA. Yeah, I mean Lions. What can you say? I mean, they really just have looked like a strong team with very little flaws, if any. And is, the only thing that I would really worry about is David Montgomery not being available. I don't know. I wouldn't worry as much about the running backs. I think they can get by with just about anybody the way that line's been playing. Exactly. Yeah, giving golf a lot of time and and making those holes for any running back to shoot through. That being said, like giving a lot of love to Detroit there, this is my favorite match of the week. Yes, very interesting. As you know, We all know Detroit's history of uh, letting us down, but I once again an opportunity to, for them to prove they're not the same old Lions here against a very good Ravens team. And then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the L.A. Rams. So in this game, I wanted with all my heart and soul to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. But I just could not bring myself to do it after the way this offense has been playing. So I will pick the Rams to win this game. Good choice. I'll also be picking the Rams. Get out of here with your Steelers. (laughs) It's not going to happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen. It will. There's still hope left. There's There's still a vision of destiny in this team. That may or may not involve firing Matt Canada. It may may very well involve firing Matt Canada. (laughs) I think that would be for the best if that happened. Yes, absolutely it is. And we all know that good teams fire coaches in the middle of the year. This is completely a normal thing for a good team to do. 
Um, but it would definitely help them out. I mean, they have just been non-existent on offense. Yeah, I think but, the, they're the second worst in points for and, and in bottom three in, like, every single category you can yeah, find. Least yard, the least amount of yards in the league so far. Bottom five, offensive DBOA. Like, they absolutely stole a couple of games. They should not have beat Cleveland. I have no clue how Baltimore lost to them. Like, the only win they really deserved was against the Raiders. I, well, look, win's a win, okay? You're playing divisional teams. You got T.J. Watt wreaking havoc. That's how they win games, and that's their formula. What did I just say earlier? It does not matter if you won or lost game. It's how you won or lost. <laughs> no, what matters is the win because wins get you into the playoff. And my mark, my words, was not the Steelers would look like the greatest team. My mark, my words, was that they win 10 games and win their division. And I still stand by that, damn it. I'm still standing by that, Mark my words. I'm going to double down. Mark my words. Pittsburgh Steelers will win 10 games and win their division. As of week seven, I am saying this right now. All right. Well, you will mark it down. We will mark it down. And you know what? I'm changing my pick. I'm thinking the Steelers win this game. I have confidence. Look, I'm angry. How angry are they going to be? If I'm enraged, how mad is T.J. Watt going to be? Is he going to wreak havoc on old Matt Stafford, decrepit, trying to throw in a cup? Yes, he is. Steelers all the way. Let's go. Well, that's quite something. Yes, on-air change here. Okay. Well, and I have a feeling that we'll be coming back to that clip at some point this year. (laughs) Yeah, well, we definitely will when Steelers are on top of the world. All right, and now we move on, if we can, to the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Who do you have in this game? I have the Seahawks winning in this one. I do as well. Seahawks. Whew, wow, they found a way to give that game away to Cincinnati last week. Oh, 100% they did. Yeah, I mean, with that yards total, that bad interception by Geno there when they were in the red zone, like they gave that one away to them. Like Cincinnati's defense really propped them up in that one. Yes, I agree. And Seattle, I still think they're a strong team, but definitely showing some signs of weakness here and there. And you really got to wrap these teams up when you're trying to chase teams like San Francisco if you want to have any shot at that division. Um, now, probably at this point they're considered a wild card team, but Seattle, a nice opportunity to have a nice get-back week against Arizona here. I mean, for me, Seattle is one of the few teams where like I feel like I can't make a decision on them yet. Like I've, I'm definitely like, I haven't seen enough. I don't want to say this is good, this is bad. When I'm watching them, when I'm thinking about them and reading their stats, it still feels like the jury is out on this team about what they really can do. Because I feel like their offense should be better than it is. Well, I think what we're seeing is, in my estimation, a a clear-cut playoff team that maybe isn't playing up to their talent level. And I think if they're able to kind of right the ship and play up to how they should be and what they did last year, they could even reach new heights from that. But it all depends on if you can stop shooting yourself in the foot and playing like a pumpkin in some games. Absolutely. And speaking of pumpkins, we have my old Green Bay Packers taking on the Denver Broncos. And Packers really not having a good showing these last couple games, although coming off a bye, do you think they will be able to take care of Denver? I do. And I would have to sadly disagree with that as I have Denver winning this game. Apparently, I do have more belief in the Packers than you do, which is odd, because we've always differed on that for many years. Yes. But for me, I I still do believe in the Packers. They can get it done. I think they can right the ship and still be a wild card contender. I really do. Yeah, and for me, 
I, I, there's still some hope there. I predict them to go 10 and 7, and I did predict them to go 2 and 3 at this point. But the way they've kind of gone 2 and 3 has been concerning. I thought they would start off slow and maybe pick it up going into the bye, but it's been the exact opposite. And with Aaron Jones still being questionable for this game and the Packers signing James Robinson, I'm really still doubting this ability of this team to run the football like we thought they were going to be able to do it this year. And the Denver team is really, really backed against the wall. I just think they're going to have a little bit more juice coming into this game and more urgency. And I really have not liked the way that Matt LaFleur has been coaching these Packers games as well. So, and I know they're going up against, you know, Sean Payton, the clown of the week. But at home in Denver, in a hostile environment, I don't know how Love is going to be able to perform without his best guy being at his, at his full steam with Aaron Jones being questionable for this game. This game could be very telling. Yeah, it's definitely a game to watch. Uh, I'll be glued to it. And uh, I'm cheering on my Packers all the way, no doubt. But got to go with my gut here and, and pick Denver. And then you have the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And this ought to be a good game. It always is between these two teams. And who do you have taking it? I have the Chargers winning in this one. Mm, and I do have the Chiefs. I think that the Chargers played the Chiefs very well the last couple of years and really should have won one, if not both those games last year. And I think that's a big reason for me why I want to pick the Chargers. And I think they really want to see more after coming off of disappointing loss to Dallas. Yes, very disappointing loss against Dallas. And really what felt like the gut punch was that Pollard uh, tackle break there for a huge gain. Just felt like that was the point where it was just like, goodness gracious, you know, we're just going to charge this game away. And anytime I want to pick the Chargers, I just can't bring myself to do it um, because they just tend to charge things away. They just really haven't looked like a new team this year. They look very similar to how I thought they would and a team that has so much talent but is unable to really make anything out of it. And really, they haven't beat any noteworthy teams this year. Right. And Kansas City, they look as, as good as ever. I mean, there's some struggles in the passing game, but again, when we're talking about the passing game being the problem with Mahomes, it's really just kind of small beans in my opinion. I would push back on good as ever. I didn't think they looked that good versus Denver. I, again, but it's like a, a passing game issue. Their defense is fantastic. And with Mahomes, I mean, if you don't trust Mahomes to get the passing game right, I, I don't trust anybody to get it right. I think by the end of the year, they will look like a, an incredible team like we're all used to seeing. So if they're still winning games and, and just doing whatever they have to do to do it, I'm fine with that. I, mean, I will never trust the Chiefs. Uh, I will never not trust the Chiefs as long as Mahomes is the quarterback. That's true. But I, I think for this week, uh, I have enough uh, doubt in them to pick the Chargers. All right. Not, not a horrible pick there, but uh, I certainly disagree with it. And if you play with fire, you will get burned. And the Chargers are a bunch of fire, in my opinion. Uh, then we have the Dolphins taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And this should be a very interesting matchup. I do have the Eagles. I'm interested to see where you go here. I have the Eagles as well. Yeah, two high-powered offenses. And the Eagles coming off a loss to the Jets. You better believe they'll be on top of their game. Yeah, and I think the last time Miami ran into a good defense in Buffalo, they were able to kind of slow them down a bit. And I think the Eagles can do something similar. Yeah, certainly. And this is a, another big test for Miami because we all know their offense is good, but can their defense stop anybody? I mean, we really haven't seen them play that well this year, despite what we all the expectations with Vic Fangio coming in there. Yeah, it's really not been that good at all, but their offense has been so good that it has more than made up for it so far. Yeah, I would agree. And then finally, to conclude the week, we have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. Who do you have taking this victory? Are the 49ers winning this one? And I do as well. 
Yeah, and I think that last week is just going to be a small blip in the 49ers season when we, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just too good of a team and too kind of extraordinary of a circumstance with the players they had going down and the weather in Cleveland there. I think they have a nice get-back win against the Vikings who they lose this, their season is likely over, and uh, it might be time to sell the farm in Minnesota. And then from there we go on to the underdog locks of the week for this week. So just to recap, last week I lost, and uh, well, I can't even say I lost. We brought in our in-house expert Dave, who turned out to be an amateur as he picked the Titans. Thank you very much. And I'm 0-5 on the year. And Scott also losing, going 2-3 and on the year with his pick. Seattle Seahawks there going down to the Cincinnati Bengals. So this week we both look to get back on track. Who do you have for underdog lock? Well... Many te- people say to stay away from this team, and I believe that is the exact reason why you should bet this team. And for this week, my underdog lock of the week is the L.A. Chargers. No. No. <laughs> I tell you this as a friend and as someone who wants to see you do well, stay away from this Chargers team. Look, I got burned by them the worst you could ever get burned by them last year. I had them. Justin Herbert MVP. I literally had Brandon Staley, Coach of the Year last year. I had the Chargers going to the Super Bowl, and they just failed me so badly. I do not bet the Chargers. Too late. Underdog lock of the week. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm look. Who am I to say? I'm 0-5 in these, and so maybe you have something dialed up that I'm not aware of here. But for me, I will go with the Detroit Lions, as they have, as we discussed, been so, so good this year, so solid on both offense and defense. And they just really look like maybe maybe the best team in the NFC. If they have a good win against the Ravens here, I think they would definitely be in that discussion even more. I really trust the Lions against the Ravens team, who I think could be fraudulent here. Guys, could be fraudulent. But regardless, I will take the Lions as my underdog lock of the week. Good stuff. And now it is time for Rob's Fantasy Starts and Sits of the Week. So why don't you tell the folks how we did last week? All right. So last week it was a kind of a disappointing week as I had in my starts. Jordan Addison from the Minnesota Vikings. He ended up being the 26th rank, ranked wide receiver, finishing with three catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. So some more touchdown heavy leagues. He got you that touchdown. So I'm not going to rank this as a terrible pick, but certainly would like to do better there. Then we had Rasheed Rice finishing as the 33rd ranked receiver with four catches and 72 yards. Not some great stuff there. It ended up being Kadarius Toney who got that touchdown in the Chiefs game. And Chiefs, like we said, struggling a little bit more on offense than I would have liked. Then in the sits, we had Jerome Ford, who ended up being the 21st ranked running back, finishing with 70 carries, 84 yards on the ground. So again, not a terrible set here. He finished outside the top 20. So if you're starting two running backs per league in a 10-team league, you would be served to sit him there. And then the worst pick of the week, we had Brees Hall as running back number five, even though I said sit him. Uh, He finished with 39 yards, one touchdown, and 54 yards receiving. So looking to get back on track this week, and I have to tell you, I really love these picks. And I'm putting my money where my mouth is with all of these as three out of four are players I do have on my current fantasy teams. So, I will tell you, to start, Brian Robinson Jr. playing the Giants defense, which is ranked 31st against running backs. 
allowing nine rush touchdowns this year. Brian Robinson Jr. already averages the touchdown per game when you combine rushing touchdowns with receiving, so I really like this matchup against the weak Giants defense. I would also start Brandon Ayuk versus a really weak Vikings defense, which is 29th against receivers. Debo Samuel is questionable with a shoulder. Even if he plays, he will be limited in fashion, and Ayuk is kind of already emerging as Brock Purdy's go-to in terms of receivers, kind of emerging as that number one threat. I really have liked Ayuk this year, and I like him even more in this game. Then for my sits, I have one of my favorite players, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. So this year, Jones has only carried the ball 14 times in their five games. So he had a great game in week one, but since then, he's been out, and he returned for a very dud of a game against the Lions. He's questionable into this week, and the Packers signing James Robinson does not bode well for his availability. So I would definitely sit Jones, because even if he plays, I think it will be quite limited. I would also sit Zach Moss for this week. So Zach Moss has had a great season so far, but his snap level has continued to reduce with the increase of Taylor in the offense. It was 80% in the game where Taylor first played and 50% last week. So he's playing a very tough Browns defense. And the Colts are also without Richardson, who opens up some nice gaps for him. So I would definitely sit Zach Moss. And then you have Scott's parlay for the week. And Scott absolutely having a great season here as he is 4-2 in his parlays, 15-3 in the total games. And Scott, what happened last week that led you to such great success? And what are your parlays for this week? Yeah, last week took a little bit of an easier one. Not a ton to pay out, but one that we did win, of course, with the Ravens, Raiders, and Lions all getting the runs. Now, this week, we'll give you a little bit more of a payout with an underdog and two slight favorites in this one. So this week, I have the Commanders, the Lions, and the Packers. So Lions underdogs in this game, and the Packers and Commanders each slight favorites. Getting Detroit at underdog number, getting them that plus money, I think is fabulous for as good as they've been playing. And the Commanders and Packers, I both really like the numbers that I'm getting off of them. So for this week, pick the Commanders, Lions, and Packers on the money line. Yes, and Scott absolutely on fire with these parlays this week, definitely making me reconsider my Packers pick. But that is all we have for you this time on the podcast. So feel free to like, subscribe, and follow. We are on all platforms. Share with anyone you think may be interested. We greatly appreciate your viewership. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we are tuning in.